Welcome to Civil Dissent. These podcasts are about you. Ticia and Ron are speaking as citizen activists responding to the explosive conditions of our times that affect us all. In the spirit of the Fairness Doctrine, we will air conflicting views and you will determine what is valid. We will provide you with leads and contacts to government, business, community organizations, and more. And you take the action. In democracy, information and participation are key. Use your key, your voice, for a better world. Ticia and Dr. Ron have each traveled to more than a dozen countries and have studied political science, anthropology, and communications. Ron has even tried the undercooked mutton at the Canadian Pavilion at Epcot Center. We differ on our views, but we agree that our friendship is more than important than our differences. We hope you feel the same. Now, without further ado, whatever that means, Ticia and Ron on Civil Dissent. Well, thank you, Mr. Announcer. It's good to hear your voice again. And this is another episode of Civil Descent. I'm Ron Ian Haben, and I'm sitting with our friend Tisha Bowser. And um, we today will be talking about a portion of the environment. And today it's going to be our seas. Um, and uh, uh, my goodness, that's so vital. We are basically a water planet. We tend to forget that. But um, um, how we are mucking up and perhaps are able to do something about saving uh, our seas, therefore ourselves. But we always start with a check-in, as you know by now. And um, um, Tisha, what uh, uh, highlighted your interest this last week? Well, to to tell you the truth, a couple of books um, have taken... Um, my interest. And one of them is, for example, by Malcolm Gladwell, which is um, a, a revisionist history. It's been out. Another one happens to be The Dying Citizen by Victor David Hansen. And a third actually is one called The Bill of Obligations, which really I think is is very telling of hoping that citizens will begin to take responsibility again as because it's it's crucial it's crucial not only politically it's crucial again for our environment that citizens start taking responsibility not just that they listen but that they take action well there's no doubt about that that it's very important to uh, uh, know who represents you at the various levels of government whether it be local state or national, and indeed let them know your views. And uh, our website, uh, civildissent.com, will give you many of those references. And if not, uh, if the, the person that you're looking for, easy enough to look up online or even on the phone, and we encourage you to do that. Well, I had an, an interesting observation this week. As you know, uh, like almost all uh, real Americans, I always carry my constitution with me. And um, also, you know, and you've known me for years that I always keep a copy under my pillow just in case. Um, and so uh, um, in my nightly reading, I have, uh, I don't do fancy books like you, but I did find uh, something interesting in the Constitution of the United States and uh, it's Amendment 14 and it's titled Civil Rights. And I would uh, urge one and all um, to uh, check out 
Amendment 14, Section 3, and it reads as follows. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Congress may by vote of two-thirds of each house remove such disability. And so this would seem to prohibit uh, any citizen of the United States who engaged in uh, a resurrection or an attempt to uh, overthrow the government or the will of the people of the government may indeed prohibit them from seeking elected office. And so that may be relevant in the very near future, and I uh, uh, I enjoy reading this from time to time, and I can't wait uh, to, tonight when I'm uh, heading off to bed to read uh, the 15th Amendment. This is really exciting reading. First of all, for God's sakes, Ron, you, you, there's a presumption of innocence, which is one of the most important protections um, in our Constitution. And the other thing is, it's insurrection that we're talking about, and he has not been charged with insurrection, which is, oddly enough, um, a very interesting statement in itself, despite the fact that the media keeps harping on that as an issue. Uh, so, so I think we have to wait and see what, in fact, happens. Not, not only that, but... The way that the Constitution is written, he could even be convicted of a crime and still actually serve as president. And one wonders, why would the forefathers have left something like that open, you know, and, and out, not prohibiting a convict from being president? It's because, in fact, when you look at certain countries, you often find that opponents have been set up to fail, set up to wind up in jail so that the competition is removed. Well, uh, except it doesn't account for being convicted not by aristocrats, but by a jury of your peers. And uh, apparently there's going to be not one, not two, not even three, but count them, four um, indictments against this person. And um, when we uh, watch the videotape and remember January 6th, um, and uh, even the communications before January 6th, I do recall him uh, telling uh, others that uh, come to Washington uh, January 6th because, quote, it's going to be wild. And so uh, then we saw him uh, um, uh, give a uh, rip-roaring speech and saying, we're going to the Capitol um, and, uh, and uh, to uh, demonstrate, and oh, by the way, I will meet you there. Look, this is not him. the issue of our show today, and that I'm more than happy to debate You're you right. on. Well, I'm more than happy to debate you on this at right. a later time. But That's right fine. now, we have something actually bigger and more important, which well, is no, it, which is discussing the environment. I, I'm afraid you're violating. Uh, what we do, which is a check-in on what um, uh, turns us on this week. So if you'd like to discuss the environment, that's fine, but um, uh, that's what did turn me on this week, and it seems like 
you're more than a little nervous about this no, subject. No, but I think and if it, I were you, no, I would I be think, too. No, but I think I think that it warranted a uh, response, and you know, and so you have a response. You had a response. Yes. In any and, event, and, would you like uh, to continue with our main topic? No. Um, the idea, <laughs> the idea being that. Um, we uh, we do have. A, a, I've not said anything about presumption of innocence. He's absolutely walking around free, and uh, he is a free man, and uh, he should be because he's not been convicted of anything. I'm glad that, that you agree with that. That's um, well. Presumption of uh, of innocence is a major difference between us and quote the old world where uh, you had to prove your innocence. Uh, you go into a, a court even today with a presumption of guilt. The United States has a much more humane uh, approach to jurisdiction and uh, legal conflict, and of course, everyone is innocent until proved guilty. Uh, we don't know the outcomes yet, and uh, I think it will be very, very, very interesting uh, as we go forward to watch the judicial system uh, at work. And so, can, with can we that, go back onto our topic? Oh, absolutely. I, I wouldn't think of anything uh, more. And in fact, today, uh, within the uh, subject of the environment, this is. Part two, it's, uh, and it's uh, uh, the sea that we're going to be talking about today, and uh, which is, again, we're a water planet primarily. You can see that from space, and we better get it right about the sea. And perhaps you would like to uh, uh, begin this discussion about uh, what the problem is and how we may be able to ameliorate it. Well, uh, among the things that have come up in the news lately is the fact that... Um, there's been loss of ice the size of Argentina reported by I-24 Israeli News. That is not just loss of ice. That means that the seas are continuing to rise, which ca can cause horrific environmental damage. Now, I will tell you this. There was an absolutely fascinating exhibit years ago in New York City where five um, different architects were charged with coming up for with a solution if in fact the waters rose on the island of manhattan to flood manhattan and the two that i remember the most uh were that it with the exhibit was presented at the metropolitan um modern art excuse me at the modern art museum not the metropolitan museum but the modern art museum and what i remember is that one architect had a very interesting way of handling the problem which was not trying to keep the water out but rather allowing the water to flood in so that the most likely place that would be flooded would be the downtown area of manhattan and what would happen is this water that would flood in through the streets and down the drains, which would be rede redesigned in order to accommodate this, would would absorb the water in such a way that then it could be recycled, pumped out, so that you would not in fact have the damage that would occur if you tried to keep it out and failed. And I thought that that was brilliant. The other thing, which to some extent over the years I, I've seen in Europe they seem to be trying to use, is concrete structures that look like the jacks children play with. And the whole concept behind that was that as the, 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 the water comes in, depending on what angle the water comes in, these formations would lock together together. Uh, 
to, to impede the water. And that way it wouldn't be a solid structure. It would actually be a very flexible structure. And I thought that that was brilliant. So that's one of the solutions to this, this rising waters. The other thing that's very upsetting is this bleaching of the coral reefs, um, which they're trying to mitigate now um, by finding other places that the coral can possibly regrow. The toxic blooms in Florida waters is unbelievable how it endangers sea life. And I'm not quite sure, but there are other areas that are dead zones in the oceans that are the size of Texas, which conveniently they don't particularly want to talk about. And not to mention the oceans are heating. And on top of that, and on top of that, our wonderful species, okay, is thinking of farming octopus for food. Now, the little problem with that is octopus have multiple brains, multiple hearts, have abilities that human beings only dream of being able to have in terms of camouflage and other things. And yet, we're thinking of consuming this animal before we even learn how to communicate with it. It's, it, it's horrifying. Well, I, you raised a lot of points there. Uh, I wasn't aware that humanity was communicating with other forms of species before we began eating it. So that's nothing new in terms but of... But we should your, be. Um, oh, sure. If, if we could do that, it may take year, many years and I, it may or may not be possible. I hope it is. Uh, beyond that, um, it sounds like the Manhattan uh, uh, situation that you're talking about, the architectural renderings, sound like a very clever Band-Aid, but it doesn't get to the heart uh, of the problem. And by the way, I'm sure we both remember that Manhattan already was flooded uh, during Sandy, and uh, uh, there were rivers uh, already going down the streets of lower Manhattan and the Wall Street area. And so uh, uh, this is old news. And we've no, seen it's not old news because what happened was the administration never took any action to put into place any of the designs that were proposed that would have mitigated what happened with the flooding of Manhattan, which was very destructive and need not have been had some preventative action been taken not one or two years ago, but decades ago. Well, um, I think you would have had a very difficult time convincing municipalities uh, decades ago to take those uh, remedial actions. Um, number one, uh, uh, first you had to get over the hurdle of uh, politicians not wanting to believe that global warming was going to cause uh, emergencies in cities. Um, and so Sandy was about five or six years ago, um, and uh, I can't – uh, in any way support what that administration did on the environment. But uh, this seems like a very good place where we would disagree as usual and um, uh, be, begin to step out and uh, take us a little break and, um, and uh, breathe some still clean air. Thank you. And we'll be right back with more Civil Dissent right after this. <laughs>
We are back again with Civil Descent, and um, I'm sitting here with my former friend, uh, Letitia <laughs> Bowser, and um, we are discussing the pollution of uh, our planet, uh, specifically today, the sea. I'm Ron Ian Haben. Um, getting back to our discussion, uh, we're both very worried about the coral reefs, um, water temperature outside the peninsula of Florida in the last two weeks has been recorded at 100 degrees. Um, so I don't want to hear uh, any idiots talking about uh, no uh, global warming. Of course, it's global warming, and it's not in the distant future. It has arrived, just as science predicted from the 1970s. But some, some other uh, incidents are happening, both in uh, Florida and uh, even up in Long Island, New York, and in California. And that is the sharks are coming in closer. And uh, this is new behavior. We're getting more uh, shark bites than we've ever had before. This is uh, new behavior. Environmentalists and scientists and marine biologists are thinking it's due to the change of uh, water temperature, and they're getting closer to uh, human beings. Stay tuned. Another disaster is the amount of plastics that are in the ocean. There are, there are plastics to the point of now they're the size of small states. Um, and what do we do about it? Some are saying round it up. Um, uh, maybe that would work. But we have plastics that are unbelievably uh, dense, uh, large, and stateside, and uh, they are killing marine life because they are swallowed and uh, uh, marine life chokes to death on it. We're also been very, very casual about our garbage, and that means literally our garbage also farm runoff, uh, human waste. Uh, we even know about medical supplies, used medical supplies. I remember a couple of years ago, the beaches of Atlantic City were not usable because they were being inundated by thrown out medical supplies. Um, another point that uh, Tisha talked about are the rising tides um, because of global warming and the ice caps at both poles are melting, and we're starting to see already the result of rising tides, uh, even here in North America. Obviously, the polar bears have a lot less uh, uh, ice to uh, live their lives on, but we're being affected here. In Florida, for example, uh, seawater is coming up through the sewers of Miami, uh, even though um, our famous senator um, and uh, near Nobel scientist Marco Rubio... <laughs> has um, said that global warming is fiction and it doesn't exist, although we probably should buy him some uh, um, uh, rubber boots to put on his shoes when he goes sloshing down Collins Avenue in uh, Miami. And one thing that's very serious and very sad is species extinction in, uh, in the seas, that we've lost men hundreds and hundreds of uh, varieties of fish, plankton, and other sea life because of uh, our misuse, our mistreatment of the seas as essentially garbage dumps. And uh, uh, again, that's 
on us. That's man-made. And uh, yes, the corals are dying. They're being bleached to whiteness. And as a former diver who would see every color in the rainbow, uh, uh, deep diving, for example, down in St. John's, they're now bleached white. And so humanity, to save them, is pulling them out of the seas, cleaning them up and, and uh finding areas of the sea that are still clean enough to replant them so they can go on living their lives. So that's on us. It is very serious and uh, very sad. Wouldn't you agree? Of course I agree. As a matter of fact, uh, on, on that particular issue. But but um, I have to tell you, one of the things this all brings to mind is when I was both in Puerto Rico and in the Virgin Islands, being able to swim where the coral reefs were so beautiful and the fish... Uh, you know, that inhabited the area were so beautiful. And the last time I was there, which was all pre-COVID in Puerto Rico, for example, you you could only get about 15 feet close to the reefs. You're not any longer allowed to, to be close enough to, to touch anything, as a matter of fact. The Virgin Islands, it's been even longer since, since I went swimming, which I don't do very well, but I, I, I can snorkel a little bit. Um... And, and it's particularly, particularly sad. When you talk about also the effects on, on life in the seas and waters, what, what, what strikes me is that they're putting up these badly designed windmills. They're badly designed on land because they're not they windmills. Get, they're badly turbines. They're badly designed whether they're on land and they're badly designed whether they're in the water. And the reason that I say that is on land they, they kill, they, they kill birds you know by the millions then talk about distinction of species and in the water more and more they're beginning to realize that they are having an impact and effect not only that but when because obsolescence is built into everything that that, that is manufactured they've got no no really adequate way to to eliminate them as garbage from the ocean once they become obsolete the thing about them also is that there's still investigations as to whether they are affecting things like the whales and the whales ecosystem. Um, and I, I think that's very important. Now, the whole argument for them is, oh, they create energy. Oh, they create, they create clean energy. Wow. Well, I've got news for you. There was a teenager more than 10 years ago, came up with a very simple system, which was a buoy system that took advantage of the perpetual motion of the oceans and the earth to create energy. And the only thing that prevented that from being what, it, what, what was implemented is the monetization that companies expect until individuals start, start taking responsibility for their, the garbage they create, okay, and look for better ways to handle it and corporations start getting fined for what it costs to clean up the garbage that the cruise ships for example dump in the oceans this this bad behavior is obviously going to continue because well, they they seem to be incapable of correlating their behavior with the damage that's being created 
Oh, they could they could uh, uh, coordinate all they want, but um, <laughs> the corporations are in business to I don't know make money for their shareholders, and so uh, very often the environmental perspective is it is at odds with their uh, desire to please their shareholders and uh, their CEOs and executives. But I think uh, it's all well and good for individuals to uh, watch out and think about their. Uh, environmental footprint. I'm all for that, and we can't do enough. But uh, uh, it takes municipalities and governments rather than individuals to make a major change that you're talking about. Now, uh, right now, off of Long Island, they are in Long Island, New York, they're creating uh, turbines that um, are will be in the water, they will be caged, and it, there'll be enough power, it's the largest in the country, maybe the world, that will power 500,000 homes. That is a giant leap forward from the technology of only five years ago. And yeah, there is no pollution from it. And uh, there is no 100% pure uh, way of doing this. But you have to take it as comparison to fossil fuels, which are a sure killer. And um, uh, th th this is a strong way, uh, an ethical way to begin to change the chemical formulae that fossil fuels put into our air, uh, create the dome of doom, as I call oh, it, come making on. it you're hotter not, and come hotter. On. You're not taking and into if account. You don't believe, uh, you're not taking into account the construction of these turbines, the transportation of these turbines. There's a lot of elements that you're not taking into account and giving a whole lot of credit to something that, frankly, has yet to, to, to really be proven to be the best way to handle this situation. But a lot of damage can be done in between proving that it's any good and, 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 and continuing to produce them and plant them all over the place. And we're not the only ones guilty of this. I mean, there, there are countries all over the world that are, that are ex exploring the use of turbines and putting together the use of turbines in, in, um, in the Scandinavian countries. They're even creating entire islands that they're thinking of as energy islands. And what they're made up of essentially are turbines. Right. And uh, th there's no blame here and no fault because uh, uh, I haven't heard uh, really any sort of mass uh, alternative to this. Now, North Texas is home to vast wind turbine uh, farms from which they're getting uh, energy and have been for years. This isn't brand new stuff. In fact, they're getting more efficient and cleaner uh, and uh, better produced every single year because entrepreneurs in America and around the world are using their ingenuity and imagination. And by the way, uh, let's lest we forget they're great job creators, um, and so they are helping uh, at long last to begin to turn the tide. But we've got to do a lot more. Uh, this is just the beginning. Uh, no nation has met their responsibilities of the of the Paris uh, Environmental Accords of five or six years ago. But no, this is beginning to proliferate. And right now we're in a uh, peaceful arms race with China trying to produce the most efficient rotary uh, uh, rotaries uh, that we can. And the American industry is getting better and it's getting help appropriately by the federal government. So much more of that, please. Well, the thing is that I don't necessarily agree with you, one, that the that the 
evil of all of this is fossil fuel. Perhaps the way that in the past fossil fuel had created horrible situations in, in, in Pittsburgh, for example. Um, but yet Pittsburgh is one of the areas now that foreign countries are studying because they were able, despite the fossil fuel industry, to clean up their environment, you know, within a matter of years. So that's more than possible to do, whereas these other things are still remain unproven. Well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> Pittsburgh is a great example because what happened, uh, steel <laughs> and, and coal left the city. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, what they've created there is a high-tech community that doesn't uh, rely so not nearly so much on fossil fuels. Pittsburgh and places like Cleveland and Toledo and some of the other uh, older Midwestern cities are changing their uh, landscape and changing their uh, energy production. Another great city would be Columbus, Ohio, the capital of the state. So Pittsburgh is the example of losing those choking factories and uh, uh, going to a high-tech community. That's where the jobs are. And Pittsburgh is a great example of how to turn things around. And uh, one other thing, uh, as we all remember, in the not-too-distant past, we dealt with the pandemic. And uh, the car, most cars were removed from the roads. And in uh, no time at all, we saw a difference in air pollution uh, from the lack of automobiles. And in fact, in the major cities of, in, of India, they were uh, like New Delhi. Some people were seeing the sky for the very first time in their lives. I don't dispute that. I don't dispute that. But the solution clearly may be not necessarily to, to, to make a boogeyman out of fossil fuels, but rather to look at improving filters, for example, rather looking at taking the, the heat energy that's in fact created by factories as an energy source. And they're beginning to look at that in, in Europe more and more. And what I don't understand is that the innovators here are not doing as much, it seems, in, in certain areas that require that type of imagination. Because certainly, you know, you really could recycle and create energy usage just from the heat that so much of our industries put off. And the fact that different cities have moved into different areas and become more technological still doesn't mitigate um, the fact that there are, are probably an infinite number of ways to benefit from fossil fuel without the damage that has been created in the past. Well, I believe we're talking about the seas today. And um, uh, as our time is uh, running out, I would say that uh, even borrowing not, uh, from other waterways, not the seas, uh, some of the major lakes in Florida, like Okeechobee, uh, our grass lake, uh, are being polluted by farm runoff. Um, your good friends in big industry in Florida, it's called sugar. And uh, the, the, the environmental laws are so lax, so loose, and uh, that's because of big industry lobbying in state capitals, where in fact, we should be uh, uh, prohibiting any runoff from industry into our major lakes. And, uh, and therefore, you would uh, uh, 
prohibit and mitigate against the algae that's forming in our major lakes and rivers, which is choking off life, uh, choking off uh, natural fish, and bringing in only bottom feeders to replace uh, the healthy fish like bass. Despite, despite the fact that I may essentially agree with you on what's happening in Florida, I think there's something even more important that needs more regulation before it becomes a problem. And that happens to be the dredging of the oceans for cobalt for these these cars that are supposed to uh, solve a lot of our fuel energy problems and be so much cleaner. They're not much cleaner if in the future it's the very oceans that may, we may rely on having to live in if we've destroyed the earth itself, the land. But the, the, the point we are here is that there, there still hasn't begun the type of dredging that they have in mind for cobalt. And they've been warned and they've been warned by scientists that if they dredge for this cobalt in the oceans, you could be releasing bacteria that has not been seen in millions of years. You will disturb the sea life in the areas where you were doing this dredging. And all for, frankly, unproven, questionable technology called electric cars um they're not particularly questionable uh they represent a the fastest growing segment of the automobile industry money uh, money follow it, the money that's yeah. the only reason that they should exactly i mean it's right. ridiculous and it's it, job and political it's it's political yes and it's monetary and it has nothing to do with the well-being of the oceans or the well-being of the land or the well-being of people or the well-being of wildlife um, it has everything to do with uh, air quality and even water quality. And um, again, uh, during the pandemic, our uh, fossil fuel spewing automobiles uh, taken off the road uh, cleaned America very, very quickly. This, uh, I would this like stretching to see of oceans could be that, worse than fossil fuels. Well, and the scientists are warning of could it. Could maybe, possibly, perhaps. But we do know already that um, electric cars, uh, as they're coming on very quickly, are helping to clean the area, the air. And so we do have to uh, uh, um, uh, take a. Uh, a break here that may last as long as a week. Well, the point, the last point before we go out to co have coffee and fun is that a lot That's of people are, problematic, a, lo of a lot of people, a lot of people are having to buy used cars because they can't afford the new cars given this administration. And that certainly does not help pollution either. Absolutely. The, Joe Biden personally is raising the cost of automobiles in, um, in uh, the showroom of America. There's no question about that, and it's uh, infallible proof. And so, agree uh, there. We agree exactly. there. Exactly. It's personally <laughs> Joe's fault. And um, um, so, we'll end our uh, lunacy here and um, and uh, 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 let let everyone go back and uh, go back to the real world and uh, go on living their lives. But uh, we do have some people to thank. And uh, I think San Julian's Cafe in Winter Park has been home to us for quite some time. And we really do appreciate their love and support. And of course, um, um, 
the uh, Castle Door Studios in Winter Park, Florida, and locally they're known as the Abbey Road of America. They are the best production studios one could ever ask for, and we are delighted uh, for their help. Now, With the most creative engineer, by the way. Oh, absolutely, Zach. too. Yeah, there's no question about that. And so uh, we would ask you to uh, go to our website, uh, Civil Descent. Com, find resources and other aids there and some questions you may wish to answer. Please participate in the public dialogue on your own and demand your own uh, satisfactions from the judicial system, the legislative system, the executive system, and from corporate America. That's very, very important that you get involved and civic organizations as well. And uh, if you wish to strongly support our our program and our platform please do so through patreon and uh tcia thank you very much for another enlightening episode and we'll see you all soon on civil descent you made it a pleasure ron thank you Thank you for listening to Civil Dissent. If you agreed with a view you've heard today or if you have thoughts of your own, go to our website, civildissent.com, to find references where you can make a real difference. Take action and see you next time on Civil Dissent.